All in preparation for the challenges that lie ahead. This is a show that feeds the mind with inspiration and truth on the issues of the day. If it's important to your life, you'll find it here. Hosted by Malcolm Out Loud. Well, just over the Memorial Holiday weekend, 70 were shot, 8 dead. Bring the total in May alone to 66 deaths, 318 shoot-ins, and almost 400 total victims. This reports ABC 7 News out of Chicago. The numbers are absolutely staggering in the one of the, I think, one of the great cities of America, Chicago. Uh, so we're going to talk about that today on the show. Uh, Malcolm Aloud here. I want to bring on Lieutenant Randy Sutton. Uh, he's a retired Las Vegas Metro Police Department, 34-year law enforcement veteran and the national spokesman for Blue Lives Matter. Uh, you know, he. there's no doubt in my mind, he's recognized as one of the most highly decorated officers in America. He is also the host of the radio podcast show, Police Radio on the America Out Loud Network. You catch him every Thursday with a new show and stellar guests like, for instance, Ferguson Chief Tom Jackson, Ron Kessler on the Secret Service. Uh, he's got all kinds of great stuff up there, friends. Stories of coverage, uh, courage, honor, and truth. Um, he's the author, True Blue, to protect and serve police stories by those who have lived them. And, and there's some great stories in here, I'll have to tell you. And A Cop's Life, True Stories from the Heart Behind the Badge. One of the newer ones, The Power of Legacy, Personal Heroes of America's Most Inspiring People. lot to talk about here with uh, Lieutenant Randy Sutton. Lieutenant Sutton, I want to start here. Homicides totaled 135 already. They're saying a 71% jump over the 79 killings in the same year earlier period. And the numbers, as, as I say, are all over the place here. It depends who you're talking to on any given day. Uh, the stats just move so quickly. But... Bottom line is, they represent the worst first quarter of a year since the 136 homicides in 1999. And I'm stunned that they even had a worse than these numbers, I have to tell you. But Chicago's kind of had a checkered past, hasn't it? Chicago's had a lot of a lot of issues, and they continue to have them. Uh, between the, um, the mayor and his sacking of the la- latest police chief, which yeah. in my mind was a truly political move on his part, um, there's no end in sight to the violence that's taking place and, and no, uh, no real plan to combat it. It doesn't seem to be. Now, the police chief you're talking about, he's got a new interim uh, police superintendent in there, Eddie Johnson now, okay? And he, he had this to say, uh, and I quote, we know who is committing these crimes. And I heard him say this. It's a small segment of the population, he says. We have those individuals targeted. One of the things we have to do is to ensure we hold those individuals accountable when they commit these crimes. You know, I have to tell you, when I heard him say that, kind of stopped me in my tracks if they really know who they are and they really have these folks targeted, why is it every weekend and every weekend I look at the numbers coming out of Chicago? And I have to tell you, and, I, and I've got connections and friends in that market as well, and it's always bad news. There's not a weekend that doesn't go by that the, the, the murder rates and the homicides just sky, skyrocket. I mean, and of course, a holiday weekend is even more because there's more time for them to do more damage. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I, let me give you my interpretation of what he said. Uh, that was political speak, um, and, but but what he was saying is true because there it is a relatively small amount of the population. They're called gang members. The gang situation in Chicago is is absolutely out of control. 
And it's those people who are members of these criminal gangs that are committing the, the vast majority of the shootings and, of course, the murders. So that is, in fact, true, I believe. When he says that they have targeted them, now that's, that's where we might be getting a little muddy here. Because in order to, in order to target gang crimes, gang criminals, it really takes a concentrated effort from not only a patrol officer function, but also from a uh, investigative function. And a lot of resources need to be put into effect in order to combat this. And I don't know if they're actually doing it. Hmm. Wow. Well, you, you take a look at terror. We talk about terror all the time around the world, you know, Lieutenant Sutton. We talk about this. We talk about, you know, a lot of the thugs out there that are creating a lot of the crimes and what have you. But here you have a, you have a, a you know, a police chief that comes out and says, okay, we know who they are. We know the truck. But yet I don't see where they move the meter. The numbers never seem to change. Why is it they can't, what, are, what is the real reason as to why they can't get a handle on this in Chicago? I mean, listen, I mean, all right, you've got, a, you've got some gangs out there, but certainly, isn't it possible for them to get control of this? It is possible, but it would actually require some, um, uh, some uh, shall we say, oppressive tactics um, that politically would not be, um, probably utilized in Chicago because of the political climate. Look, when I when I say that, I, I want to point to you uh, uh, the huge success of New York City Police Department in the eighties and and nineties. They brought they had their their homicide rate was out of control as well. There were shootings very very similar to what we're seeing in Chicago, and the um, police administration and political administration decided that enough was enough. And what they did was they uh, they did what something was called ComStat. They brought this theory into the action of the police department. ComStat is basically stat-driven policing. It's not politically motivated policing, which is what we're seeing in a lot of places now. What they did was they, they followed a theory called the broken windows theory. And that was... If you look at what is happening in these neighborhoods, if you enforce quality of life uh, issues like broken windows, like vandalism, like abandoned cars, and you enforce those statutes, you tend to clean up the neighborhood, but you also put people into jail that are committing lesser offenses. The issue is that many of those people that are committing the lesser offenses snowballs into them committing the much greater offenses of violence. So with a long protracted effort, New York City Police Department was able to bring the homicide rate down to to literally um, a, a, a minor, a minor, um, they became the safest city in America. Uh, well, because of because of what they did. Yeah, it's a really very valid point you're mentioning here. Because as bad as Chicago has been branded as a very violent city, and this can't be helping their uh, tourism out and their, uh, you know, I, I mean, I just can't imagine. I wonder what their tourism numbers are. I, I really need to look at that because I can't imagine that you know th- that they are using. Uh, I mean, what? How do you put a campaign together? You know, come to you know beautiful Chicago where everything is safe and comfortable and quiet. I mean. 
I mean, the news bulletins coming out of there, it's like a, it's like a third world country. And you bring up New York. You're right. New York was branded the opposite of that is like like a stellar, stellar police department. And you kind of really owe everybody knew this. They knew that if there's any city that could stand up to anything and, and the scrutiny of terror and, and not just to mention thugs and city thugs, but but real terror and real problems. I mean, the, the, the city of New York is like truly, I think, like an example. But here's the thing. That's kind of changed, too, in recent times. Mayor de Blasio has yes. really changed the environment there. Brother. Yes, 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 yes. And so now those, 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 uh, th- that fantastic police department and everything they stood for out there, I think, is in jeopardy as well right now. Because, again, I think the stats are starting to change there because they're kind of, I mean, we're kind of seeing hands off here a little bit. Are, are we not? Yes, you are seeing a philosophical change. Mayor de Blasio is literally leading the city back to the bad old days. You know, you know, there was a time I was a, I was a policeman in New Jersey in the 70s. And many of my cases would take me as a detective, take me up to New York. And uh, it was it many parts of New York City were like a third world country as well. I mean, you would see it just a abandoned car. It looked like it looked like uh, some uh, surreal apocalyptic movie in, in certain neighborhoods. And of course, that's where the majority of the crime was taking place. But what de Blasio has just done is to undo all of the work, the great work that was done in the 80s and 90s, by now decriminalizing many of the same offenses that were utilized to push forward the broken windows theory. But the broken windows theory, as effective as it was, has now been adjudged by the political forces like de Blasio to be racist. And everything that gets painted with a brush that, 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 that certain liberal politicians don't like, they throw a label on it, the label being racism, and, that, and then they use that to, um, uh, to push forward an agenda that limits the police power to, uh, to enforce certain laws. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're seeing you're, you're going to you're we're already seeing it. I mean, it's happening right before our very eyes that the shooting statistics, and murder statistics are rising. In I have city. a bad feeling. I have a very bad feeling that you're right. We're right that, that, you know, this this comparison of New York to Chicago and the success, success that they've had is being changed at this very, very moment and, and not a good way. We're speaking with Lieutenant Randy Sutton again here, uh, you know, trying to problem solve, as I say to you this kind of a, a, a big issue like this i mean i wonder sometimes and often where the outrage is not just with with the public as a whole uh, and the people who live in these communities uh, uh, you know lieutenant sutton but also uh with uh you know hey with um uh, you know, all, all of the different factors that go into this, the quality of life, uh, what's happening in these markets, and where's the media in all of this? Why, why, <laughs> why is there no outrage there? I'm going to pick that up right on the other side of the break here. We'll take a quick pause here. We'll be right back with Lieutenant Sutton in just a moment. So we're speaking here of the crime in Chicago and what exactly is taking place. You know, I, it's funny because, or it's sad really is the right adjective. I get actual text from friends, uh, you know, some of the leaders in Chicago. I mean, people I know there. Oh, and we talk back and forth about the crime. And it, it, sometimes I throw some out on social media. They'll take it and run with it. But they're horrified by what's going on. And they, they know when I get outraged, 
uh, about something that I'll, I'll, my voice is a little bit louder than most. And I think they kind of like that. So they'll text me back with a comment or something, uh, you know, which is, which is kind of ironic. Uh, again, speaking here, Lieutenant Randy Sutton on this, um, you know, Lieutenant Sutton, back to this crime problem that we're speaking about. We, we talked about New York just a moment ago. We understand things are shifting here. You know, you get into a very big conversation here when you start taking a look at Chicago, New York, Baltimore, Los Angeles. You take a look at our big urban cities. But, you know, you really don't hear enough about this today in the media. You you're really, I mean, they're focused on other things that I think sometimes are a bit of a distraction for the big problems that we're facing. But I'm bringing it back to Chicago and this really magnificent city. If if you if anybody out there if you've never been to Chicago, it is it is truly a a, a fantastic city, isn't it? Not Lieutenant Sutton. It is. It is. I I love going there. Um, but, but quite honestly, I've never been there unarmed. <laughs> wow! 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 Well, and I guess it's certain parts of Chicago. Obviously, you have to know where to go and where not to go. Clearly, you know, uh, right? I mean, that's the fact. Yeah, that, yeah. That's that's true. That's true. There's there's places where uh, where and and it's really unfortunate that that in an American city. Right. There are places that you simply cannot go because it's like a third world country. It, it blows and, my and, mind. It, it just, yeah, it is. It, it's it, sickening. It blows my mind. I, I just can't even fathom that this is really what it is, but it really is what it is. Uh, and we're seeing this. So we're seeing these numbers here escalate again. We see Mayor Rahm Emanuel seems to not be doing anything about it. We have this whole controversy with the police chief. Um, but really at this point now, what is it going to take? What's the bottom line? So if you, if you, so let me, so let's, let's do this. We're going to now appoint Lieutenant Randy Sutton as, uh, as mayor, <laughs> as, oh yeah, we're going to appoint you as, well, there, there are two roles. I mean, if you're appointed as police chief, that's, you know, you have one level of responsibility, but let's say you were appointed as mayor of Chicago uh, and you had the opportunity to clean the city up. What, what, are, what are the few steps you do? Where would you start? I would start with uh, probably a, um, a a major training concern effort of the Chicago Police Department. The uh, the police that their Chicago PD is one of the largest police departments in the country. However, they have had a lot of issues, and one of the issues that they're facing right now is uh, a mass exodus of police officers, and they're not able to even keep up with the attrition rate because people are just saying, I'm done with it. Uh, I, I'm getting out of here. So you, you have a talent pool that is diminishing. Hmm. You have at the same time, an overcrowded criminal justice system that is not being effectively run. You have, um, they, they have, Chicago has one of the toughest gun law restrictions in the country. And yet it doesn't, seem to make any effect because even though the police are making the arrests for the guns, the courts are not following um, the guidelines and sentencing the gun gun criminals to lengthy prison sentences. Is that right? Right. So you have um, a disjointed criminal justice system. Uh, You have prosecutors that are not working in concert with the police department. You have a police agency that is afraid to do anything that might be um, uh, considered abusive. And that when I say that, when I say considered abusive, 
they they just made a determination. It just came out in the news today, as a matter of fact, that Chicago PD is going to release a whole passel full of uh, videos taken from dash cams and body cams of cops showing different uses of force. Now, here's what that here's what that is going to do, in my opinion. It is going to create a firestorm of controversy that it will be a blowback against the police department. So why are they doing that, Lieutenant? It's politics. Wow. It's plain and simple. Plain and simple. They're, they're, one, they're, they are being um, pressured to be, let's see, what's, what's the political speak? Oh, yeah, transparent. 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 Now, is the mayor authorizing this? Do you know? Yes. Yes, he is. But well, how does he gain by this? I mean, he's got a city that's fallen apart. How does I, I he gain anything I honestly, by this? I honestly do not know. I It's it's mind-boggling to me. Because here's the here's the, the, the problem that that doesn't make the translation and and uh, to the general public. And that is that any time a police officer has to use force, it is ugly. There is no use of force that looks good. Absolutely. So you have these optics that make it look like, and, and, and as we see more and more people become combative towards the police, which has taken place dramatically right. changed since Ferguson, we are seeing more and more confrontations, more and more police officers being forced to use force, and at the same time, they are being denigrated by the politicians, by yeah. the political leaders, by the citizens that they serve. And it is literally the no-win situation for the police. Now, this frustration level is is now becoming depolicing. So we add depolicing into the effect. Wow. And let me explain what depolicing is. Depolicing is the conscious effort of a law enforcement officer to do the bare minimum mm-hmm. to achieve, uh, uh, to get through their career. Basically. Well, that's what I see. That, that's what, listen, the reports I read, what you just said is what, exactly what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, and you sort of can't blame them. But you know, I want to say something to you. In my mind, and I don't know if you agree with this or I'm right, wrong, whatever, but in my mind, I believe the tipping point in this country for me, and for what I see from a news perspective, was really more so the city of Baltimore. To me, that was the tipping point in America. Well, I, I think what you saw in, I'm not going to disagree with you, but what the, there, the two events that, that changed policing in America, and they were very much connected, was Ferguson, and then that led to Baltimore. That, that response that took place in Baltimore was a direct result of the debacle of Ferguson. So you saw you saw political leaders um, literally changing the tactics that police use in order to control violence. Well, we had never seen anything like that. I mean, we've never, never we've seen, never seen like any, that. We've never seen anything like I, that. I ever. was horrified. I got to tell you, Lieutenant, I mean, I was really, I, I mean, I can't even explain to you as a law-abiding citizen and, and as a patriot of this country and a supporter of our law enforcement and our military's whole, I was stunned, stunned when I seen the images of what was going on in Baltimore. And I thought for sure there would be an uprising on the other side or we'd have something happen to protect what 
what that mayor did and, and the politicians out of Baltimore yeah. did to the law enforcement is absolutely, absolutely freaking despicable. Oh, it's you are preaching to the choir. I I remember. I mean, I was watching the television, watching the images that came out yeah. of there, and I was screaming yeah. at the television. And I was yeah. watching the police officers who had been ordered not to wear protective equipment get injured and stoned, and bottles thrown at them, and and Molotov cocktails, and they were basically being fed to the hostile crowd without the ability to defend themselves. You know what I would have done? And I saw them break and run, which is something that should never, unbelievable happen in this country. You know what I would have done? I would have rented a couple of buses. I would have offered them a drive right to the freaking mayor's office. I would have dropped them right off of the mayor's office and let them vandalize that part of town. <laughs> that's what I would have done. I would have, I would have bust them right into the mayor's office. That's that's uh, that, uh, that's what I would have done. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just, you know, for that mayor to do what she did out there, and, and it, it, to me, it just it set a whole new precedent for law enforcement in this country. You know, and I think this is what we're seeing now. The result of this, I think, a lot. You can't blame them. You can't blame law enforcement for what's going on. Yeah, it, it's. Um... <laughs> What was happening in law enforcement now? Now you know. Keep in mind, I was a policeman for thirty-four years, right. and many people don't um, really don't understand policing. They see what they see on television on cops and oh, things yeah. like that, oh, yeah. which is all well and good. But policing itself is one of the most challenging um, uh, occupations, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally, psychologically, and philosophically. I, I've had many, many conversations over the years um, about what it is that makes a, quote, good cop, unquote. And this is this is one of the things that I find so fascinating mm. ab- about uh, police work right. is you talk to 10 cops, you'll get 10 different answers. But they all will say this. They all will say courage, integrity, honesty. And you'll always see that, that it's the hardworking policeman that will always get in trouble more. There's a there's a saying in cops: you, you'll never get in trouble for the car stop you don't make. Right, right. Well, that's what we're experiencing right now. Yes, it is. That, that's that, that's the that's the whole nail right there to the program. You know, I want to ask you. I want to just switch a moment and talk to you about this. Uh, uh, you, I'm sure you've seen every. Well, uh, this went viral, so everybody's seen it. This uh, gorilla story just recently here um, that uh, went on. Uh, was, you know, the death of the gorilla. There was a kid, a small little child, that somehow got into this, uh, wow, this secure area of the zoo. And this uh, silverback, uh, beautiful uh, animal, but uh, gorilla, was put down. Now, ABC, CBS, and NBC spent 54 times more on the death of the gorilla than they did on any violence and deaths in the city of Chicago whatsoever. I mean, that is that is an amazing fact. Um, nobody, I mean, this is when everything was happening over that weekend, and that was no focus on the human tragedy going on in this country, but yet everything on this uh, gorilla and the one boy. Was that fair? You know, <laughs> I, uh, I, have, I have really mixed feelings about this story myself. I, uh, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to watch that whole, that whole thing take place because I, I, I think I would have handled it differently, but that's, that's me as a police leader. I think I would have made the made a made a determination that I would have tried the tranquilizers first. 
I, I but it's impossible to second guess someone that is on the ground making that decision be, because you're you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If if they had used a tranquilizer and the gorilla killed the baby, killed the child, then they would probably they probably go after him criminally. Well, when the zoo officials were questioned, I my immediate reaction was yours was uh, why didn't they use the tranquilizer and bring the gorilla down that way? And the zoo officials were questioned that actually after the fact when I had thought that would be the logical answer to me. And what they said is exactly that. They were very afraid, Lieutenant, that what would happen is that when you do the, the you, you shoot the sin of the gorilla, uh, the gorilla for a moment before they, you know, uh, uh, get paralyzed, uh, they uh, are, uh, they can have this violent outrage. And they were afraid that that violent outrage in those seconds before it went calm would be enough to kill this child, you see? Yeah, I, I, I understand that. And it's about... You know, do you? How do you gauge the value of life? Mm-hmm. Do you gauge? Um, do you do you gauge the life of of an animal like that gorilla? Um, do you gauge it lower than you do a human being? And and there is a philosophical discussion. Well, and, that, you, and uh, you're having a struggle with that now. A lot of people would say to you, "Well, no, the child's life, the human life, is way more sacred than the gorilla." You you have you have a real problem with that, don't you? You know, I, I I understand the sanctity of human life. Believe me, I've right. I've I've given life. In fact, um, I had a very very emotional day yesterday um, about this very very subject when I attended the graduation of a little girl whose life I saved when she was one month old. And I I really truly do understand the sanctity of human life and 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 how and how it's. It needs to be. It needs to be um, protected and appreciated. Hmm. I also understand that um, an endangered species like that, like that gorilla, that gorilla did nothing wrong. That all that gorilla did was be a gorilla, and and uh, the failures of the parents, the failures of the security fencing around the the enclosure, led to the death of a magnificent creature. That uh, that God put on this earth, just like He did that child. Yeah, yeah. Well, but back to the coverage point. I, I hear you loud and clear on that. So, but back to the coverage. It, it, I still ask you that same question I asked you a moment ago. Here, is it fear that the ABC, CBS, NBC spent fifty-four times more coverage on that one incident than they did all of the human tragedies across the across this nation, specifically the city of Chicago? <laughs> well, the the coverage of the city of Chicago. Um, has been minimal by all of the major networks. It's almost like it's a it's a country all of its very own, a third world country that doesn't deserve to uh, to be given the um, the coverage. It's astounding to me, Malcolm, that that there is no public outcry mm-hmm. when the carnage in that city rivals anything it's it's more dangerous to live there than than in iraq and afghanistan that's for my God's point sake. that's my point brother that's exactly my point you just hit it i mean I, I it it really does truly truly boggle my mind as to why we can't get a, a grips on this thing and you look at the crime in these other places you just mentioned which we consider terror around the world and these thugs and these gangs i don't think they're any damn better lieutenant sutton I, i'm sorry and as far as i 
I'm concerned, I don't care what the hell it takes. We ought to get in there, and if we need our military, I don't care who we need to get in there. We need to put these gangs out immediately for the sanctity of our cities, the sanctity of human life, for the sanctity of our communities and our neighborhoods and our families and our children, and the hell with it. And if the politicians don't like it and the politically correct don't like it, too bad. I, uh, I'm at the point now where, well, quite honestly, the Chicago Police Department has the resources to do the job. There you go. They're just not being given the opportunity. They're being, and at the same time, they too are feeling the depolicing um, in, a, in a major way. Right. Because, uh, you know, the pendulum is swinging so far to the left that if you now touch somebody um, and somebody complains about it, you're going to get suspended. Um, I actually saw it firsthand with my own police department. Um, it, 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 it's become, it's become, uh, well, I'll just give you the example. It's just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling to me that a suspect gets put into a police car here, um, in Vegas and, uh, and he refused to put his leg into the car and the cop takes his leg and forcibly puts it in. And before he closed the door, the suspect puts it back out on the, on the, on the pavement. And this happened several times. Finally, he, he pushes it in. He slams the door real hard, trying to get it shut before he can put his foot back out. And he and he closes his, the door on the guy's leg and gives him a, a little bruise. Well, that police officer was suspended for that. They wow. considered that excessive force. Wow. And that is what is happening all over this country, that police administrations are falling prey to the political correct narrative and and um, and we're seeing police leadership uh, becoming so I, I don't know if I can use this word on your you can bleep it out if you want but in essence pussified they're becoming um, um, emasculated by the media by the political leaders and they are so afraid for their own jobs that they are throwing their cops under the bus, so to speak. Well, and and that's happening all over the country. Well, I will tell you, I, I will <laughs> end this thought here and say to you, I think we're in a whole heap of trouble here in this country now. And I think we've pointed out several reasons why on this broadcast today. But we are in a whole heap of trouble when we get to this level of where we're at right now. It is not a laughing matter. And anybody who thinks it doesn't affect them or that it's not important, you're going to sadly be mistaken, my friends, because this thing will erode the fabric. It's an erosion of the greatness of the fabric of our country. And and the, the undermining that's happening in law enforcement today is criminal, 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 and politicians need to be held accountable. I want to also take a moment, and I just want to say, you know, to thank Lieutenant Randy Sutton for so many things. First off, his service to this country, this nation, uh, as, you know, retired again, Las Vegas Metro Police Department. But these these are the men and women, the heroes that are on the front lines uh, in protecting everybody out there for the sanctity of life in this country. And they are absolutely heroes. In fact, on America Out Loud, I have a section there, a topic that says our heroes. And that's exactly where a lot of those stories go. Um, 
so I want to thank him for that and again his outreach and also the work he's doing now as really a private citizen but with his vast experience knowledge and connections and bringing some of the greatest broadcast and shows and conversation to police radio the show on America Out Loud Network we're thrilled to have him there with us and uh, again a lot of the interviews he's done uh, just truly amazing on there you can connect with uh, Lieutenant Sutton on Twitter and all the social media his contact points are right at America Out Loud just look for police radio you'll get the whole line up there and all of his shows Check out the broadcast he did again, which has been very well received with Ferguson Chief Tom Jackson. Gets to the core of the problem in Ferguson, my friends, in a very big way. It was a stellar interview that uh, Lieutenant Sutton had with him, as well as this new one here, Ron Kessler, that's up there now in the Secret Service. Very fascinating with a new book he has out about the first family. Um, back to history, it's a cut. I don't want to say it's a political because he, he, he talks about both the left and the right, Ron does, and he co- tries to come at it from that standpoint. Uh, Lieutenant Sutton's website, randylsutton.com. randylsutton.com, a whole lot there. Power Legacy, True Blue to Protect and Serve. His books are on Amazon. The work he's doing is absolutely stellar. Folks, that's really what this production is about. That's what we're about here and it's on this show, and it's also what we're about back at America Out.